Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast. We set out to create an entertaining and exciting podcast about law and business, and I think we've done it. Black Letter, the name, comes from the Gothic typeset that was originally used in the Gutenberg Press. Over time, Black Letter became the only font that English law books were printed in. Everything else was printed in regular type. It made it harder for kind of the common person to understand what the English law books said. Black Letter came to represent something that was law, that was set in stone, that was sort of old and a well-settled fundamental principle of law. We're here to demystify Black Letter law. We're here to demystify things that happen in business and law and where those two meet. And I hope you have fun listening. Hi, this is Tom Dunlap with the Black Letter Podcast and Dunlap Bennett and Ludwig. Today, we're going to talk about the Family's First Coronavirus Response Act and how it becomes law. This is taken from an article written by myself, Phil Schwartz, and Ethi Joshi, all of Dunlap, Bennett, and Ludwig. On March 18, 2020, the United States Senate passed H.R. 6201, which is called the Family's First Coronavirus Response Act. We'll shorten it here to the FFCRA. In a 90-8 vote, bipartisan vote, which President Trump immediately signed into law, The new law provides for free screening and testing for the coronavirus, paid leave, and enhanced unemployment benefits to employees affected by the COVID-19, the respiratory disease caused by the coronavirus. These benefits are set to go into effect within 15 days of the act's enactment, which means they go in effect April 2, 2020, and they expire December 31, 2020. Prior to the effective date of the act, the Department of Labor will issue regulations, potentially today, providing further details on the implementation and effect of the Act. Until these regulations are issued and there are details regarding the implementation, some of the parts of the Act are unknown. For example, how will short-term and long-term disability insurance play into the sick leave and FMLA, or Family Medical Leave Act, provisions? And what about workers' compensation? The FFCRA, the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, incorporates and amends many provisions of the FLSA, that's the Fair Labor Standards Act, and the FMLA, the Family Medical Leave Act, which you may have heard of. These deal with emergency paid sick leave and emergency family leave terms. It's important to note that the FFCRA only applies to employees who have been employed for at least 30 days with private sector employees employers with fewer than 500 employees. Private businesses with at least 500 employees are not covered by the bill. As it stands right now, the law includes every employer with 500 or fewer employees, including those with less than 50 employees. However, the Secretary of Labor may pass regulations that exempt employers with less than 50 employees. In only in cases where the imposition of the requirements would jeopardize the viability of the business as a going concern. So stand by for that, but I think a case-by-case basis, if you're fewer than 50 employees, they'll probably issue regulations as to how to apply for an exemption to this law. Further guidance on who, if anyone, will be exempt under that provision hasn't issued yet. But for now, it's important to note that if you have less than 500 employees as an employer, you are subject to the requirements of this law. Certain healthcare providers and emergency responders like hospitals and nursing homes are actually also exempt from the FFCRA. So this act has two key benefits for employees. First, emergency family and medical leave, and second, emergency sick leave. The act also has a benefit for employers. It provides a refundable tax credit, I believe a payroll tax credit, 
to eligible employers who grant mandatory leave to employees as they must under this act. Employers with less than 500 employees have to provide up to 12 weeks of partially paid leave under the FMLA of 1993 to employees who cannot work or telework because they have to care for a minor child if that child's school or place of care is closed due to coronavirus. The first 10 days of that leave can be unpaid, or the employer can require the employee to use accrued vacation days or sick leave. For all subsequent days, the employer will receive a benefit equal to no more than two-thirds of the employee's normal wages, or pay rate capped at $200 a day, and a total of no more than $10,000. So in other words, after the first 10 days, which is kind of like normal, the employer has to pay two-thirds of the employee's normal wages, but at a maximum of $200 a day, and in total over that next period, up to $10,000 total, and then the benefit expires, and the employer doesn't have to support it after that. Benefits paid under the provision are not subject to Social Security payroll tax, which is helpful for the employees. And like employees on regular FMLA, Family Medical Leave Act, reinstatement is required in most instances at the end of the leave period. So in other words, if somebody takes the leave, the employer has to hold the job for that person if they're taking the leave under the coronavirus, the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. Importantly, this provision of leave applies to all employers with fewer than 500 employees, even if they're not subject to the FMLA. So remember, typically, only employers with 50 or more employees were subject to the FMLA, but in this case, every employer with 500 or fewer employees is now subject to this Families First Coronavirus Response Act. Now let's talk about the emergency paid sick leave. This provision of the act requires that all employers with fewer than 500 employees, once again, they have to provide paid sick leave in the event of a public health emergency, such as the current coronavirus crisis. This means employers have to provide 80 hours of paid sick leave to all full-time employees, and leave is prorated for part-time employees. So in other words, this is sort of rare and different. Part-time employees actually have a benefit here as well, a prorated benefit relative to the amount of work they have. So if they're a half-time employee instead of a full-time employee, they would, for example, get 40 hours of paid sick leave. If the employee cannot work or telework, and remember, if the employee can telework, this doesn't apply, and they have to be subject to a coronavirus quarantine or isolation order themselves, they have to have been advised by a healthcare provider to self-quarantine due to coronavirus, they have to be, or they have to be experiencing symptoms of coronavirus and seeking a medical diagnosis, or caring for an individual who's one of those things. In other words, somebody who's quarantining or sick or having symptoms of coronavirus. Um, and that includes, uh, or finally five, uh, if they have a child whose school is closed and there's nobody to care for the child and child care is unavailable due to coronavirus, or if they're experiencing any other substantially similar condition specified by Health and Human Services in consultation with Treasury and Labor Departments. And again, those other circumstances haven't been defined yet. Paid sick leave time does not carry over to the following year and is only available till December 31, 2020 when the act expires. Employees taking sick leave for themselves will be paid at no more than their normal pay rate for the sick leave period, and they are capped at $511 per day for sick leave to a maximum of $5,110 for an employee's own care and a maximum of $200 per day, so a maximum total aggregate of $2,000, because again, 10 days, when the employee is caring for a family member. So that's child care or a family member, for example, 
who has been advised of coronavirus symptoms. Note that employers can't require employees to use existing or accrued sick time before using this emergency paid sick leave. So unlike the emergency medical leave provision, the paid sick leave provision is different. This goes into effect right away. Employers must post a notice for employees containing the information about the requirements of the act no later than seven days after the act has been enacted. So right now, it looks like seven days after April 2nd, you are required by law to put a notice up at your company's place of business. Now, probably a lot of companies aren't going to have anybody there, but somebody's got to run in and post that notice by law. Uh, Finally, benefit for employers. Under the FFCRA, employers who are required to provide their employees with emergency family leave or sick leave will receive a completely refundable payroll tax credit equal to 100% of the money they spend on the leave. So the federal government's going to give you back this leave money. I hope this helps. We're going to keep you updated on the Families First Coronavirus Response Act and keep you updated on other things uh, as to how coronavirus affects employers. We'll be hosting a web seminar on March 23rd and then recasting that, sending that seminar out after that date. So you can watch that video on our website. Check out our dblawyers.com, blackletterstudio.com, or our LinkedIn or Facebook pages. Thanks for joining us. Stay safe. Stay healthy. That's all for today's episode of Black Letter. Thanks again for listening. Join us next time when we talk about more Black Letter issues in creative ways. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play so you never miss an episode. And to catch us on video, check out our website at blackletterstudios.com. 